I just wanted to uh, talk about it because <laughs> I'm living truly my 11 year old fort tour. <laughs> MTV, welcome to my crib. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Working For It podcast. My name is Sarah, and I'm an illustrator. And I'm Savannah, and I'm a film makeup artist. And this is our podcast all about navigating the creative space as young professionals. Yes, it is. And Savannah is so excited to talk about something. <laughs> I'm not so excited. I'm... I just am like a little bit, my brain is like a little bit weird, f- broken about this. Like I just, <laughs> it really got in there. Okay, so do you know the Calm app, right? Yeah. Okay, so I learned recently that Ashton Kutcher and Harry Styles are like massive owners of the Calm app, right? Oh, what the heck? So, exactly. So I was like, that's weird, but like, I guess yeah. whatever. And then I saw on the Calm app, because I follow them, and I was like, what's happening here? And it's so, so they're having Harry Styles read a Calm book. Like, what? He's doing like meditation. And it's so funny to me because, like, what? And then, like, I just don't understand the avenue from going to, like, being, like, I don't understand the progression of, like, singer to calm app. But Wait, that's so funny. And I just, like, can't. I, I've been thinking about it and I'm like, I don't know if that's anything I'd ever, at, like, would have thought of. Like... Like, no, as an avid guided meditation listener, I don't think I could listen to it knowing that I know who it exactly. is. Like, I just would be focused on the fact that it's Harry Styles. And it's like, I saw heard a clip of it and it's his voice is like piped into your ears. And it was like <laughs> he was whispering in your head. Like, and I was Ew, like, I don't like that. Exactly. And I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. But also I was like, what other celebrities are going to have to do this? Like, is Ashton Kutcher going to do what? Yeah. Also... Ashton Kutcher, that's so random because, like, no tea, no shade, but where has that man been for the last, like, 10 years? Okay, no, like, that got... Ashton Kutcher does some incredible stuff. Have you... Does he? he? Yeah, so he has a foundation that, um, f- tra- like, helps track in the dark web, like, um, trafficking rings. So he's Whoa. worked for, like, a long time developing this software. I believe that's right. Let me double check. But um, he is, like, a really, really big advocate for um hold on let's i don't want to google ashton kutcher dark web because i know that's like not <laughs> what it is but uh wait that's so funny ashton kutcher dark Web. <laughs> really don't want to do that but he yeah so I mean, he has this thing that is um works to eliminate online like exploitation including trafficking so it's like 280 million dollar backed project that he's like worked for like a long time on so little fact ashton kutcher's making the world calmer by investing in calm (laughs) and um doing some really great work for dismantling trafficking on the dark web yeah i haven't kept up with ashton kutcher at all yeah i binge watched um that 70s show one time when i was like super sick like five years ago yeah and so then i like watched a bunch of interviews with him about how he like speaks russian with his child and i thought that was so and then i like forgot literally that he existed yeah that would have been the perfect segue if we were sponsored by calm wow (laughs) Yeah, I think every intro of our podcast is just talking about a celebrity corner. Like, truly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's all I needed to say because I (laughs) saw that this morning and I was like, wow, a little bit conflicted. Don't know how I feel about that. 
Well, so what are we doing today? Well, I'm trying to find a segue because I really want to talk about my fort. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) There it is right there. That's the segue. Guys, I'm in a fort today. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to um, talk about it because I'm living truly my 11-year-old Fort tour. (laughs) MTV, welcome to my crib. Welcome to my crib. (laughs) We're currently recording this on July 6th, and so two days ago was the 4th of July. And while um, we may have not been feeling exactly patriotic, um, Mm -hmm. other people apparently were and still lit off fireworks. And my dog does not like fireworks. Um, And he... (laughs) So I have two dogs. They're the loves of my life, truly. (laughs) And one of them is fine with fireworks and the other one really hates them. And he, whenever he gets scared, he likes to, like, burrow under things. So he'll, like, go under my parents' bed all the time or, like, go in between the couch cushions. And he was really scared of the fireworks and we wanted him to, like, be able to burrow under something but not be by himself. So we built him a mini fort on the couch with, like, a blanket and a chair. That's so cute. Um, And he loved it. He, like, sat all the way in the back, like, the whole night and slept. It was so nice. But then I was like, I I want one. So I went in my room and I built myself a fort. <laughs> You're like, hey, he got one? Um, it's my turn now. Thank you. And I do have to say years of babysitting um, have made me very good at building forts. And sure. so I'm living my best life, truly. And that's I all it. I wanted to say about my fort. <laughs> that's it. Uh, <laughs> yes. that. I mean, a fort is pretty incredible. We're both living our, like, middle school dreams because I got a drum kit yesterday. Ooh, and I spent it all... It did come. And I spent all day setting up this drum kit. And I was like, man, if I was in middle school, this someone would have just set it up for me. And I was, like, a little <laughs> bit bitter. And then it's very fun. But I am... With you there because we are both living our middle school dreams a fort yeah. and a drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> Except I did joke, I like sent a Snapchat of my fort to like you and some of my friends, and I did joke. I was like, but this is a sophisticated fort because I have uh, statues of <laughs> Bach and Mozart on my bookshelf and three propagating plants and a reed diffuser in Absolutely. here. So it's an adult fort for it, sure. It's, it is an adult fort, only adults <laughs> propagate plants. Uh, hello. <laughs> I've spent so long propagating plants this quarantine. I keep seeing tweets that are like, "Your cor- people that start a quarantine garden are going to be really upset after everything. Like, you go back to normal. And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, uh, watering my plants takes like a whole day. Because I have like <laughs> 10 different plant, like separate plants out of separate <laughs> watering schedules. But yeah, you can't go wrong with good propagating plants. No. no. I did see the tweets a little off topic, but I thought it was so funny. It was like it's from Denzel Washington. And he said um, to anyone who feels like they wasted time during quarantine because they didn't write a book or learn a second language or get their bodies in shape. I have good news. Quarantine ain't over. Go back inside. Truly. Oh <laughs> Truly. Stay inside. Stop going. As somebody who works, stop coming. Stop going out. Yeah. Just stay inside. The numbers are getting crazy not to get controversial but like um i'm i don't think the virus is a political opinion oh for um, sure not controversial no so welcome to our well podcast. it is but it shouldn't be that's oh, what i'm saying it yeah. is yeah it's a f- yeah no the virus is very real um it is very yeah important. if you think it's fake please don't listen to this anymore <laughs> literally <because laughs> get out 
Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's very important right now to just, like, wear your mask and be respectful of others because if you don't get sick, like, someone else may get sick or, you know, may their family member and or your family member. Like, it's very important to think outside yourself right now, I think, and that's mm. the big lesson that a lot of people don't understand is that yeah. a piece of cloth is not going to ruin uh, yeah. anything other than you won't get sick. So please wear your mask. Yeah. If you and go- you have no idea, like, if you go out and you you are an asymptomatic carrier, you pick mm-hmm. it up from somebody while you're out, you have no idea who you could be spreading it to. Mm-hmm. Like, just because the cashier you're talking to is a young, like, 20-something, maybe they live mm-hmm. with, um, you know, somebody who's immunocompromised or very old mm-hmm. or, like, somebody you touch the same table as or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just it's like... It really bothers me yeah. when I go out and see people just being blatantly disrespectful. And I think a point that like I've it, uh, is really important is um, that people are out protesting, and that is a very vital fight that we need to do right now. So mm-hmm. when we say stay in, it's uh, for me. I'm talking about don't go to brunch. Like if you want to yeah. go to brunch, like that's not important. But fighting mm-hmm. for the lives and livelihoods and actual rights of other people is very important so if you Mm -hmm. have the ability to protest and then self-quarantine or get tested that's very important um but don't go to brunch like (laughs) that's not it no it's not it so and here's the thing too is that a lot of people i see a lot of people saying that like oh numbers are spiking because of all the protests absolutely not but numbers of people staying inside after the protests like people have been taking it more seriously coming home from protests mm-hmm. because they know that they're going into a situation with a big crowd mm-hmm. and they know they're doing it out of like a necessity like mm-hmm. for within themselves yep. versus um numbers are going up because of memorial day because of people absolutely. who go out and think that it's not a big deal whereas mm-hmm. it seems like the vast majority of protesters are going out knowing that it's a big deal that they're going out and they're doing it anyway and so they're taking precautions and like Mm -hmm. passing out masks and staying home afterwards and like social distancing and being respectful and doing their thing that's very different than like just going out Mm -hmm. that's my that's my little uh rant my piece whatever I mean obviously we can't control what you do but just think of others like yes and to everyone that's been protesting and has done it in spite of this virus like thank you go yeah and you know there is um it is like a fight that has to be done no matter what's happening uh, you know it's it can't wait and so for people that have done that that is very mm. like, powerful and go go mm. you yeah. wear your mask please support please. mask mask businesses like so there's a bunch of places you can get masks that are cute and are functional wearing is caring wearing is caring so on that note uh what are we talking about today sab so today we are going to be this is just something that we've thought of we made a long list of topics this was a really interesting one to us so this is called stay in your lane question mark um and it's basically (laughs) like we're just going to talk about do we feel as artists like we are are stuck to one thing? Like, are we stuck to only trying to pursue one medium or one genre of art? Or do we feel like we have a lot of freedom to try other artistic outlets and try to incorporate those into our careers? So, yeah, <laughs> that's the blurb. And here we go. 
<laughs> we'll roll a little music in between. <laughs> um, yeah, this topic's really interesting to me because I think, yeah, but as a multi, like an artist that has multi multiple interests, um, I haven't really ever thought about this question in like a specific way sense because I'm like, mm. oh yeah, you can try whatever. I think that's I was really privileged like to have that growing up. I had that mm. opportunity to try whatever. Um, but now it's interesting to hear about it in a career sense and like an adult, a big kid sense. You know. Yeah, because I hear quite often, not necessarily from family, but be- from like um other students at school mm-hmm. or like from professors or just like strangers, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, kind of that like a common phrase of like don't be a jack of all trades mm-hmm. um especially in like growing up in the social media era of artists mm-hmm. is a lot of people will say don't be a jack of all trades pick one thing and stick to it because otherwise you're not going to get noticed mm. like people will say then you don't have enough time to cultivate um your one passion like really deeply mm-hmm. and like give it all the time that it needs for you to get really good and um, succeed in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of disperse your time amongst multiple interests or creative outlets, that it somehow, like, lessens your value as an artist. Like and dilutes it. Yeah. I mm-hmm. don't necessarily think that's true. But there's parts of it that I do agree with. But um, I definitely wouldn't agree with a lot of the things that I've heard throughout my life. And so that's why I thought it would be interesting to talk about. Yeah. Um, do you think, I mean, I'm sure at college it's different because you're like in a major. So you're like, this is mm-hmm. the thing I'm going to work all, my whole time on. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, I didn't have that. I went to makeup school. So we had the chance to be like, I'm going to try editorial. And then we could mm-hmm. also try effects, which is like the totally different scale. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's interesting to like hear about how people at school are like, no, you got to do one, which I mean. I understand the sentiment totally. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to be the best at something, you're only going to do that thing. Yeah. But I think it's interesting to have um, the ability to practice and, like, make mistakes in other places. Because if you don't make mistakes in your career art, like, you got to make a mistake somewhere else. So it balances yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, like, I think it's interesting, too, because I purposefully chose my major as the one that would give me the most opportunity for experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, I didn't know what I wanted to major in. I thought maybe I would major in, like, drawing and painting. Yeah. But I went to go tour a local art school, um, and the tour guide was talking about how he majored in illustration. Mm-hmm. And it's a little different from, like, school to school, depending on what the majors offer, but he said that illustration was the most diverse major because you got to take some animation classes because illustrators can go into storyboarding or into background art or Mm -hmm. you also take painting classes because some illustrators go into just creating fine art or you take storyboarding classes and illustration classes to illustrate stories and uh, like children's books and there's it's so much more diverse but then um, going into like I took a printmaking class this semester and a lot of people in the printmaking major they go into like very few professions it's like you own a a press or you work for a press Mm -hmm. or you just make prints from home um or you can like I don't know I guess you could go work for a company whatever but it just was very different versus or like a lot of the people I know that are animation majors are wanting to go into animation are all looking to work for companies like Disney Mm. um and so there's like some 
majors and opportunities that have a very narrow path and people really like that they're really comfortable with that yeah but that always stressed me out because I was like yeah I don't want to ever be limited to one path especially because I've had diverse interests in art my whole life Mm -hmm. and I would err on the side of arguing that I feel like it's made me a better artist yeah but I don't know what do you think do you do you pursue multiple genres like are there multiple um things that you kind of dip your toe into or do you like focus try to focus mainly on makeup um so I try to mainly focus on makeup like as a career I really enjoy that um I also I mean doing hair is is a different avenue but like we're going down the same street you know what I mean like it's yeah. it's the same relative genre I, I know what I can do I the overall package of makeup and hair which is I think a really important one and they um, overlap too because like then exactly. you can do hair on an actor on set but. exactly mm-hmm. so I think that is like in my career path that's what I've chosen but now looking at like getting a degree I'm like oh I could get a fashion degree and get a management like a fashion management degree and then work in wardrobe or you know like at a retail place and so I think it's interesting now because I'm I'm kind of like set on my makeup career I know where I'm going I know what I can do with it and that I do want to pursue it but it's nice to have that other option of like Mm. wow there are other things that are like you can go to a four-year university for because I was like I want to go to law school and you know what I like when I yeah. first started and so I, my my focus was so narrow on like the mm-hmm. most incredibly uh, like academically rigorous things <laughs> and so then I was researching and I was like you can get a perfume degree like I <laughs> yeah. so I I feel like I'm opening up more to trying to pursue other artistic outlets as a career path does that yeah. make sense yeah so it's it's interesting to mm. see, I mean, especially with uh, COVID nineteen, uh, like I was saying earlier, I was like, it, it feels like you have no career because there's nothing, there's no opportunity at yeah. all. Like there's nothing. It's not like you're missing anything or you're not doing enough. There is just no way to work in the industry right now. So I think that made me open up to a, a few more <laughs> ideas because I was like, wait, this. I can't do it all the time. I'm unemployed. Oh, wait. (laughs) I have to touch people and that's my whole job. And that's the one (laughs) thing we're not allowed to do right now. Yeah. What about you? Like, do you ever see yourself doing other things like career wise in the arts? A hundred percent. Yeah. That's why I, um, that's why I've kind of felt differently than some other people do on this specific topic is because I love art I love illustration that's like been one of the things I've uh, seen myself doing as a career for a really really long time yeah but I also really love music I play um like three instruments Mm -hmm. I am teaching myself how to produce music Mm -hmm. I really love writing um I want to write stories too Mm -hmm. I really love um like just a, a billion things. I love film. I love making videos. And so it's, I have so many diverse interests. And I guess to me, I've never really felt like having that many interests hindered my ability to better myself at them. Mm-hmm. I guess I could see how it, how it could maybe, but um, I feel like all, all of my creative interests are so different. Like yeah. playing the piano and like painting and then, mm-hmm. like, filming a video, those all seem, like, 
polar opposites mm-hmm. process-wise, but when you really break it down to just the bare bones thought process and creative process, it's really similar. Like, yeah. Uh, learning how to trying to teach myself how to write and compose music mm-hmm. seems like it would take a whole different side of the brain than mm-hmm. learning how to like write a story or draw a picture but really like learning how to do one has strengthened how I how I do the other because like yeah. for example teaching myself how to write poetry or mm-hmm. write a story or a book or whatever mm-hmm. has taught me better how to write music lyrics and like how to tell a story um in sort of like a, a vague way or in I guess like a different type of language like alluding to it yeah, yeah. and then that similar process kind of goes into composing like actual music because yeah. you're still telling the same story you're just doing it now without words yeah and then that's still the same thing as as painting to me is again mm-hmm. I'm still trying to tell a story I'm just doing it without words and I'm doing it now in a shorter time span. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like it, all of them to me feel like they have the same components. And so like, like for example, learning how to paint a a painting, Mm -hmm. which is me again, trying to tell a story that someone can look at for a second and immediately get, then helps me break down stories when I'm writing a book faster or how to get to the point faster or how to express my thoughts visually in writing, like, how do I want people to see this story mm-hmm. if it were, you know, a piece of art or whatever? Again, yeah. I don't know if this makes any sense. I've had a lot of coffee today. No, it makes total but- <laughs> sense. I mean, it's all just appealing to different senses. Like, that's really all yeah. music it, or art is. It's it's trying to hit all those points. So, no, yeah. it makes total sense. And so I don't necessarily feel like teaching myself how to write music and taking that time away from like painting or doing artwork has made me less of an artist or like less of a visual artist it hasn't hindered my ability to extend those skills yeah but it just in another sense I feel like allows me to strengthen those skills but from a different lens Mm -hmm. and that's so helpful like to be able to look at the way you work creatively from a billion standpoints yeah um, I guess that's how it feels to me. Instead of feeling like I'm jumping ships, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like, you know, the the way I work creatively as an artist, mm-hmm. if that's like uh, in the middle and the mm-hmm. rest are just spokes on a wheel where I'm, I'm all still looking at the same center. I'm still looking at and analyzing and practicing my creative process yeah. just from different sides of the same wheel very interesting I mean, that makes total sense though i mean because you're still trying to convey the same thing whether it's mm-hmm. musically like verbally spoken or whatever yeah like, visually it's all co- trying to convey your point of view and your point on the world so it yeah. is i think it's interesting and i think that's like a valuable um outlook to have because I think people get lo- so locked into being like I have to be the best painter but the the creative like journey can be like but I want to try that like maybe yeah. maybe I like it and maybe I can tell more of my point of view from mm. that creative outlet yeah I yeah. I definitely understand that 
it's like how sometimes if you if you draw out there or if you like do anything visually, I feel like this could even apply to makeup too. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're working on something so narrowed in, it's like you can't <laughs> yes. see anything else. Like that's all your mind is. And then yeah. you're just focused on like this is horrible or this is great or like you get locked into your ways. Yes. Um, and then you have to step back sometimes or even like if it's a painting, for example, I'll like take a couple hours or take yeah. a couple days and then look at it again. And it looks completely different. And that's how I feel jumping from like medium to medium versus so that like when I get so zeroed in on my ways of like, like, for example, how I write a story, I get Mm -hmm. zeroed in on like, oh, I need to do this first and then develop the characters and then do this and then do this. Yeah. Um, Like, for example, as I've talked about before, I'm working on a graphic novel currently and it is hard. Like, yeah. writing a full-length story is really hard because it's so it's so focused. You have to write it one scene at a time. Yeah. And so you get really focused on, like, how that one scene is or how this one sentence looks and, like, mm-hmm. all these really small moments. But then they all have to make sense together. Yeah. And so it's kind of like I described it to a friend once as like it's like you're tying knots. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you get a tangle in there somewhere, you have to go all the way back through all these knots that you've tied and figure out where the problem is. Um, and that's really scary because it's like if you take a direction in the first chapter that you end up not liking at the end, you have yeah. to go back and reroute the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I used to be, like, really focused on, like, oh, I need to get the characters nailed down. I need to get, like, yep. all of this nailed down in order to, like, get the story done. And that's yeah. really hindered me. So I took a break from it once and I, like, wrote a mini, like, interlude of a song mm-hmm. from the perspective of one of the characters. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, like, this is how it is. This is what they're feeling. This is how I need to make this scene feel. And yeah, then I yeah. came back and it was, like, a completely different experience. Yeah. I – that's really interesting. Um, So mm-hmm. this really big artist that I work for, like, he's a Hollywood makeup artist, and he, we I was assisting him, and he was telling this class, and he was like – so even sometimes he was like, I've been doing this 30 years or what, however long he's been doing it. He's like, I just sometimes have to step back because the journey of an artist is to be like, oh, it's so good. I love it so much. And then he was like, and then you come back down and you're like, I hate it so much. Like, I cannot <laughs> yeah. stand this. And then at the end, you're like, oh, I like it. I, I yeah. It's fine. And so it was so interesting because it's describing that exact same thing where you're like so locked into what you think should happen that you're like this needs to happen or it won't look good but sometimes you have to step back and be like hey actually I don't think that's what we're going for you have to be able to recognize to be like I I gotta step back from this because otherwise Mm. I'm going to lose my mind (laughs) yeah because it is like the I think the journey of an artist he said it was it was very profound when he said it I thought about it for like days and days but he was like (laughs) the journey of an artist like you can't is is that like constant conflict of like self-confidence but then also like really like you're really questioning what you're doing because it's so profoundly like personal I think Mm -hmm. like you always have to be like do I like this do I not like it's that constant struggle of super self-confidence and then like you're like analytical brain being like "Eh, eh, eh, I'm gonna be really (laughs) critical right now and so it's interesting to have that that juxtaposition of what to balance it 
do you because you you're a makeup artist obviously but yes. you're also very crafty like yes. you do a lot of like just like watercolor for fun or drawing or yeah, like yeah. a million things so do you think that that helps strengthen you as a makeup artist um yeah I think I think it goes both ways because you get a lot more understanding of like oh color theory you know what I mean like you yeah. you I know how to blend things from like literally four color. You know, I could make I it goes um really helpful in that sense, but then also for from painting or drawing to makeup, it there's a lot of like so, it's soft, like soft versus hard. It's a bunch of these um qualities that I I never realized until I was looking at drawing as like very analytically and being like I put this line here because it's showing something and so then I makeup I'm like oh I put this line here I think it's just you have to enjoy art like drawing and painting at least I have to to do makeup because it is Mm -hmm. it's just real life canvas which is why I love makeup because I always am like I can wash it off like I I Mm -hmm. don't care if I hate it because I can wash it off or I can fix it so Mm -hmm. going into hair school when they were like cut this person's hair and I was like I'm used to makeup where I can (laughs) wash it off and restart and there's no there's nothing bad happens like if I Mm -hmm. if I don't like it I don't like it so going into hair was such a struggle for me because that's where I became I mean, I'm already an uber perfectionist, like, so much. My teacher in makeup school was like, chill out, just chill, just chill out, <laughs> and, like, all my friends. But then going into hair school, I really had to be like, you got to ch-. My, <laughs> my teachers would be like, are you good? Like, are you okay? Because I would just – it's so much – so different to be like, all right, you can't fix it. I don't draw being like, I can't fix this. And so yeah. it's that interesting, like – push and pull of like I'm gonna cut your hair off and if you don't like it you don't like it and so now two years into it I'm like listen you're gonna cut six inches off is that okay and like there's no uh like fear anymore but yeah it was an interesting uh journey to be like well I can wash off their makeup and I can take off their prosthetic if they don't like it it's fine Mm -hmm. to being like I'm gonna cut you bangs if you don't like them it'll be like six months so (laughs) good luck Yeah, I, when I was in high school, um, mm-hmm. or when I was just younger and surrounded by, like, all my artist friends, yeah. I was very used to that sort of, like, I'm drawing this and I hate it, don't look at it, like, I yeah. can't stand this, how it's going, and then you, like, hate it, and then at the very end, you're like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. Like, that uber-perfectionist, like you were saying, attitude. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just what artists were, because that's what I saw online, too, like, all the memes on Twitter is, like... Yeah. You're going to think your drawing is horrible until, like, yeah, the very end. But then I really just, like, abandoned that mindset in college. And it's yeah. truly the best thing I think I've ever done. Because I, love that. I feel a difference in myself of, like, when I go into class. I've mm-hmm. been taking a lot of um, fundamental drawing classes. And mm-hmm. so it's a lot of, like, everyone's on easels drawing the same thing. Yeah. And um, I used, I probably would have sat there planning for a really long time or drawing and then starting over or like Mm -hmm. drawing and being miserable the whole time until it's finally (laughs) done because I just hated it so much. Yeah. But I really just dropped that mindset, like just refused to do it anymore and just said like, I don't want to do that. I want to just have fun. Yeah. And it, 
literally has changed the entire way that I draw for the better because not only do I have a better mindset but my artwork comes out better because I'm not drawing to do it perfectly I'm just drawing to have fun so I'm faster I'm my work is better it's more accurate because I just go for like the big shapes first and then figure it out later and versus like trying to plan out exactly where everything goes this is the exact proportion it's like hey if that vase isn't exactly the same like proportion next to that little cube as it is in real life nobody knows like nobody (laughs) knows the difference yes it's like I don't know I just it's so freeing so it's like that's if you're out there and you're a perfectionist <laughs> and whatever, however this applies to you, literally stop it. This is your formal slap in the face. <laughs> because it doesn't matter. Like, nobody yeah. is going to analyze it to the extent that you probably are. Yeah. And it doesn't help you to do that. It doesn't change anything because the painting isn't better because the apple is an inch bigger. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's better if you had fun while you were doing it. And, and like, authentically if it's authentic and if you think it looks good because now like the whole time I'm drawing something I'll do something and I'll be like yeah I think that looks good and that's like an insanely freeing and like happy feeling to enjoy the way my artwork looks the whole time versus having that solid like six hours of just being miserable because it doesn't look good like yeah I think it's a lot of like not only confidence like as you get older you're like listen this is my thing like I'm gonna do it either way but I think it is like having that your own personal like confidence and being like yeah I'm gonna do it and I if yeah if I don't like it I won't do it next time yeah um which is very freeing yeah in makeup (laughs) I think about this a lot actually in makeup school I mean, it was, like, the most fun I've ever had in my whole life. But getting into FX, I was I was probably so annoying to be around because I was such a perfectionist that I just took all the spontaneity out of it. And I was like, I have to do it right. I have to do it right. Because mm-hmm. it was so uh, – it, it felt so massive. And, like, yeah. just overall having to do it in front of people and on people. And so – having that like mentality of like I have to do it perfect and mm-hmm. all my friends were like you don't though like no this is the time this is the time to mess up and I don't think I understood that until I got out into the world and came back as a teaching assistant and I was like look this is your time to mess up you guys like I know you don't want to but do it like right yeah. now if I could do anything that if I could change anything I would mess up more like I would yeah. just take away that veil of yep I'm perfect I'm I'm the best one and because it's not no one cares like no one cares if you want to be the best and also no one cares if you make a mistake unless it's you injure them or or you like do something that's of bodily harm Mm -hmm. because everyone else is just trying to do their best and so I think it's simultaneously taking yourself out of your head but also being like everyone else is focusing on themselves no one else Mm -hmm. is focusing on you yeah I think also is it the thing is like perfect doesn't exist especially yes. with like doing something as tactile as art whether that's makeup or whatever like take makeup as an example 
the chances of you getting a perfect application of a prosthetic is probably yeah. like one in a zillion. Like, yeah, because not, you're, yeah. you're dealing with people's skin. You're dealing mm-hmm. with somebody forgetting a product. You're dealing with maybe using a product you're not familiar with. You're dealing with every prosthetic, I'm sure, is different. Like, yeah, maybe there was a mistake with it. Maybe somebody's skin is super oily and you're like not used to that, whatever. Like, the chances of everything going perfectly yeah. and it looking absolutely zero mistakes flawless perfect at the end it's just not gonna happen so like just roll with the punches that you get and just try to do the best that you can yeah that's when that the artist he was like exactly what you said he was like it's not gonna be ever perfect and even he said even i have to step back for like a good two minutes and be like Mm -hmm. i can't because you're so in any form of art especially tactile like painting drawing you have to be so up close in that detail like Mm -hmm. it's hard to to look at it in the full picture and be like look this hair is out of place but it's fine yes it's it's fine like yeah it's like is that line perfectly straight no but does it still look like I drew a table yes so then like why am I worried about the line having that one little wobble in it or whatever or or you can go back in and and adjust it I think it's all about like adapting and finding because obviously you want to do amazing work like as an artist you want to do incredible work and mm-hmm. it will be if it's authentic and you like what you're doing and you're stand behind it but yeah it's everything can be either fixed or you can be like I think I'm just gonna leave it like, yeah a lot of the time when I work on actors I like step back and they're like what's wrong and I'm like no 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 I'm just looking I'm just looking because I have <laughs> physically be like I have to step back because yes. otherwise I'm gonna work on your smoky eye for so many minutes like it's not funny (laughs) that's in my painting class my teacher would always have to remind us she'd be like go put your painting out in the hall Mm -hmm. and walk down to the other end of the hall and look at it from there because you can't get a good read on it from that close up yeah also I would say this is again another just like unsolicited piece of advice to any young artist out there but this is what I wish I had done so when I was doing art um not in class like Mm -hmm. when I was teaching myself art and doing art at home yeah I used a lot of mediums that were very like permanent in nature so Mm. I did like marker a lot or colored pencil and while you're learning I would say I wish that I had done more um flexible work like I hated charcoal more than anything else I still hate the feeling of charcoal against paper I hate the sound it makes I hate the dust the mess whatever but I had to uh, use charcoal in school and especially like fine charcoal mm-hmm. which um is different if you don't know compressed charcoal is like charcoal they found find in nature whatever um you burn wood and get charcoal but then it's mixed <laughs> with a clay yeah so it's super concentrated and super thick and like when you put it on it's really hard to move mm-hmm. versus they have this thing called vine charcoal which is literally just a burnt stick like mm-hmm. there's no binder there's no clay or anything so you put it on the paper you look at it and it flies off like yeah. <laughs> but it's so nice because you can draw something with fine charcoal and you don't like it. You literally just, like, take a paper towel and wipe it off. Yeah. And that's what we had to do in my figure drawing class. And in a lot of my drawing classes is, like, we would draw something and then our teacher would be like, okay, your minute is up. Wipe the whole thing down and do it again. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just do more things that I think teach you that art is temporary and art is movable and mm-hmm. art is fluid and flexible. And if you put a line – like, it – a lot of my teachers would say don't think about it just put the line there just draw the object where you think it is and if it's not 
If it doesn't work out, then you can move it later. Because that's going to give you the more authentic uh, artwork. And it's also going to get you to your end goal faster. Which time is extremely important. It's not the most important. Time is money, though. It is. Yeah, that's a big thing going into work. You're like, you learn. You got to be fast. There's something. There's like some weird kind of toxic mentality that like your artwork is only as good as the time you spent on it like it's some badge of honor if people walk in and they're like I spent 36 hours straight I didn't eat I didn't sleep I like did I spent all of this time on this piece versus if someone's like yeah I did that in 45 minutes like that workaholic culture exactly which is yeah which is which is it's not actually better if you spent three days and didn't eat or sleep because that at that rate you're not going to produce the amount of work that you want to but i think it's all individual style like i think that artists like like that where it's really really regimented of like i didn't i didn't do anything except draw this but someone else can do it and be like oh i took i went to coffee and they like can do it in a different way i think it's all people's um works like w- the ways they work yes there's this artist named Lars uh, Martinson, I think. He's a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. And he um, wrote this graphic novel. He wrote this graphic novel, um, and it's beautiful. Like, the mm-hmm. artwork is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But he has a video talking about how it took him 13 years to finish this graphic novel. And he was like, listen, I can't do that again. Because at yeah. that rate, I'm going to produce like one and a half more graphic novels before I die. Like, yeah. And I want to be able to create a body of work. I want to tell a bunch of different stories. Yeah. And so he was saying, <clears throat> I really like took that time at first as like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Like he would redraw the same scenes over and over and over again, even if they say- had the same background. Mm-hmm. Because he was like, if I don't reuse that image, if I draw it again, that's yeah. like some sort of integrity of like, oh, I worked so hard. I, I did all these minuscule details. Yeah. He was like, he has in his graphic novel, I think he said um, more like triple the amount of extras there would be in a movie. Like, cause there's so many, oh my God. there's so many crowds that he would draw. There's so many scenes that just have a billion different people. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's not necessarily better because it took me years to do all of that versus if I had taken more shortcuts and been okay with taking more shortcuts I could have had this out so much faster yeah and yes time isn't everything if you you know are cutting corners and it's hurting the integrity of your work yeah then that's not what we're talking about but letting perfectionism force you to take longer than you need to like that's not (laughs) that's not bettering you as an artist that's just hindering your ability to create the work you want to do yeah that's really interesting yeah I I laugh because that I mean it was me in makeup school like I was so anti special effects because I I didn't like being bad at it and I also (laughs) it was a thing where you couldn't just put on like it was very like multi-layered and I was so mm-hmm. anti because I didn't like it. I wasn't good at it and I didn't give myself the opportunity to make any mistakes, which mm-hmm. I think at least I mean, I was just hindering my own like practice. It was yeah. it's all practice until, you know, like everything is just compounding on top of each other. Everything yes. drawing you do, every prosthetic you apply. And so I think having the knowledge of that now I'm like wow Sav you could have loosened up a little bit you know what I mean like <laughs> yes it's it it comes not only with like 
doing it a lot, but then realizing, oh my god, that one wasn't perfect. Maybe my next one will be better because now I know what to do or yeah. know more of what to do or no, don't do that. Like <laughs> there's like <laughs> a bunch of stuff. But yeah, it's it's hard to have that like uber uh, specific perfectionism that you're looking for because you then take away from like the like trying stuff and and Mm. risk risking a mistake risking something that can be perceived as a mistake to you but might in the long run help your project yeah and that's how you find that's how like innovation happens too is like you make a mistake and then you think well how can I work with that yeah um and make it into something better and make it into something better than what you would have originally gotten anyway if you had been like trying to avoid that mistake at all costs yeah no I it's just an interesting conversation I think a lot of artists may like have a preconceived idea maybe like Mm -hmm. without actually thinking about it for yourself because I yeah I never think about do I only stay in one thing because I mean I kind of do but I also don't at all and so it's an interesting like uh jump between those two uh okay on that note do you have any recommendations for things you are inspired by this week or like this week I do and I really want us to get like a dumb jingle please I want to so bad recommendation corner you know something like that (laughs) there it is right there I'm gonna play that there you go um yeah but anyway she's a she's a singer (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yeah no yeah let me disclaim that i do make music i do not sing on that note speaking um, of music <laughs> my recommendation is not new by any stretch of the imagination but i just have been uh i can't stop listening to it for the past like month straight sure. and that is the mean girls uh on broadway soundtrack yes. i've listened to um the soundtrack on repeat in my car a billion times and uh while i don't necessarily want to encourage the support of bootlegs i have in fact watched a mean (laughs) girls bootleg because broadway's closed um until 2021 and i wanted to talk about this because it is something i've truly been loving but also because you should support the performing arts right now um amongst all the billions of other problems that we're facing in our world at the moment um the performing arts industry is really struggling the Cirque du Soleil just declared bankruptcy Mm -hmm. um because again like Savannah was saying with the film industry it's like their whole job is being on stage in front of crowds of people and so like performers are hurting um whether that's live music or live theater or any other type of performing art it just is really struggling right now so um you should go out and support those um favorite actors or musicians you have in any way that you can because we got to make sure that they survive this pandemic because what would our world be without like art and performing art truly um yeah I think that's a really great one I love the Mean Girl soundtrack it's, it's so catchy so if you haven't listened to it it's very catchy it's so Tina Fey is my queen um okay mine this week okay I have three <laughs> because two are like albums I just like listen to one and then I go to the other and then I finish that when I go to the back to the first one um and then one's a tv show so the first is a uh the tv show the politician which is a Ryan Murphy show so he did 
like Hollywood and Glee and American Horror Story. Um, but this is, I'm sure you have seen The Politician, you guys. If you haven't, it's very good. There's two seasons, um, but it's Ben Platt and a bunch of really, really cool Broadway actors on a TV show um, about student council. And it's very good. It is really good. I could like watch the whole thing in two days. Very good. Also, if you're a Dear Evan Hansen fan, it has the original Zoe and Evan. Yes. So it's it's kind of loaded with like all the like massive stars on Broadway right now. Yeah. Um. So then on that note, I have been listening to Ben Platt's album, Sing to Me Instead, which I think was released like two years ago. But it's so good. If you need to cry, if you need like any sort of emotions to like to listen to and and a song to listen to, listen to that whole album. It's really, really good. Um, And then my second album is I recently like re not re got into, but I've just been listening to um, the Harry Styles one album, which is really good like very very good incredible and I I listen to that when I don't need as much emotion from as Ben Platt but I like (laughs) still need to feel something so those two albums I'm really loving it's like there's this um (laughs) there's this Mean Girls promo yeah that um they do all these like quippy cute little like um promo videos where it's yeah. like the characters talking to the camera about something mm-hmm. and there's this one barrett wilbert weed who plays janice mm-hmm. and forgive me i don't remember if this is a quote from the movie so it could be like totally not original but yeah regardless it's really funny um what's that show called it's like this is us that, yes like, that yeah, everybody yeah. loves and cries over yeah yes. she does this promo video as janice where she's like i heard that everybody cries too this is us and so sometimes i watch that when i need to remind myself that i'm a human and i have emotion <laughs> yeah so i feel like that's me with ben platt <laughs> yeah even if you like don't feel like you need to cry like then you listen to ben platt and you're like am i okay like, it, like oh my god you're like this is just so good so i've been <laughs> listening to that like I'll listen to that whole album, and then I'll listen to the entire Harry Styles one album, and then I'll go back to Ben Platt, and it's like a big old <laughs> infinity sign of two albums, three sometimes, but so those are my recommendations this week. Cool. All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really like talking about stuff like this. I think Me it's too. interesting. Um, so if you guys like have any other interesting topics you want to hear us talk about or you want to weigh in on like you can um, follow us on instagram which is at working for it podcast or you can tweet us at working for it pod on twitter mm-hmm. um if you have like savannah said anything you want any input you want to give or you can also email us at working for it podcast at gmail.com we would love yes. to hear your stories your experiences the things you want to hear and on our Instagram, as per usual, all of our recommendations uh, will be in a cute little like scrapbook post uh, associated with this episode. So you can find anything linked there on our Instagram. Uh, this has been the Working For It podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We post new episodes every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So you can always catch us then. Um, yes. And, yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Stana, and I'm a makeup artist. And I'm Sarah, and I'm an illustrator. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.